The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Steaks, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. All right, look who it is. It's Pharrell, the bad, seed, a broken, ain't a bad, apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad, adders, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the FanDuel Sportsbook in the Meadowlands in Jersey, right across the river and through the tunnel and the woods to the NYC, New York City. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shaking up, should do better. All my friend Nick come around, flats and flats and party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, this town's in tattered. My brains are splattered all over Manhattan. Should you be shaking? Ooh. Here we go, Carver High is with me in uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook, styling as usual. And of course, back in Midtown Manhattan in Studio 34, Mafia and the crew at the world headquarters of Sports Grid in the Renaissance, Versa, Fifth Floor. You got to check us out there when we do the shows on Friday. Come see us on a pain-free Friday. Do it live right there in Midtown Manhattan. It's pretty fun, cool place, tons of bars, and I might add uh, tons of action. A live recruiting scene in there, Carver High. There's a lot of recruits. (laughs) There is a big-time scene in there on Friday nights. There's no question about that. And you can also come see us here too, Scott. You know, you know, you can come see us at the Meadowlands also. Yeah, they like to day come, of the week. They like to come out here as well. <laughs> uh, we see a lot of our friends over here every day, uh, gambling heavily, and the race book is always alive and cheerful and filled with foul mouths. I love the uh, the action when the races are going on. My favorite part so far was seeing the guy uh, get thrown off the horse and have his face smashed in and stepped on by about five different horses. I actually enjoyed that. <laughs> my favorite part was seeing them uh, racing that blizzard up in Ontario <laughs> last week. That was my favorite part. And people were so into it, too. I mean, these poor horses, they're running in a blizzard up in Ontario. I like that. Yeah, it was running in the snow. Uh, we have Mark Ratner on uh, today, this very hour, the UFC Senior VP of Regulatory Affairs. Uh, also known in Portuguese as the commissioner, where I come from. You know, he used to run the boxing commission in Las Vegas. So he's going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, the NBA last night. Raptors win 15 in a row. Did you like my Nets play, winning outright on the road in Indy against the Pacers? Nice, Did you like that one? Nice and job. How about the Jazz, too, the right? Jazz, the Jazz, right. Jazz get it done in Dallas. How about that? How did we do in uh, hockey last night? We Strong did, night. We did pretty good in hockey. Uh, we hit that under, which, of course, was huge for me in the Columbus-Tampa game. I hit a, a late-night parlay, Scotty. When we left here, I threw in a little Vancouver-Calgary money line parlay. Those both hit. So we had a good night in the NHL. All right, so uh, we're going to try to 
Joe Ranieri in hour number two from Miami. So it's going to be rocking per usual on Coast to Coast. I got an idea. Let's get an update and send it over to your boy, Carver High. Sports Grid News Update. All right, Scotty, Marwin Gonzalez becomes the first position player on the 2017 Astros to speak out about the cheating scandal. Gonzalez is now with the Twins. He reported to spring training in Fort Myers today saying he's remorseful for everything that happened in 2017 and that it's, quote, hard to say how the scandal will affect the team's legacy. New Orleans Saints jack-of-all-trades Taysom Hill says he wants to be viewed as a franchise quarterback in the NFL, and if the Saints don't see him as that, he might have to be somewhere else for the right opportunity. Hill, of course, played quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, special teams. He did it all for them, but despite all that, he only threw six passes for New Orleans last year. Some big injuries in the NHL, Scotty. Oilers star Connor McDavid will miss two to three weeks with a quad injury, and Columbus defenseman Seth Jones will most likely miss the rest of the regular season following ankle surgery this Ooh. week. Tough break for Seth Jones and the no Blue Jackets. No pun intended. Yes. Tonight's NBA, five games. Wizards minus three hosting the Bulls. Clippers are a point and a half favorite in Philadelphia against the 76ers. Pelicans minus three and a half hosting the Trailblazers. The Thunder minus eight and a half with the Spurs coming to OKC. And a good one in Houston tonight. Rockets hosting the Celtics. Rockets minus two right now. A lot of college hoops. Number 13, Penn State, are five-point road dogs at Purdue. Number 13, Kentucky, minus 11 at Vandy. Number 6, Dayton, minus 11 hosting Rhode Island. Number 9, Maryland is a 17.5-point favorite at home against Nebraska. Number 22, Illinois, entertains now unranked Michigan State, but Sparty is a minus 2 road favorite. NHL big night, 11 games on the ice, the early ones. Leafs minus 195 hosting Arizona. Sabres minus 200 with Detroit in town. Panthers minus 130 road favorites in Jersey off a loss in Philly last night. Speaking of Philly, they're in Brooklyn to take on the Islanders. Islanders minus 130 right now. And the Penguins minus 130 hosting Tampa. I'm Carver High with a Sports Grid update. You want the edge? Get on the grid. What is the deal with um, how uh, bad it's become with the, frankly, sports media? And that does not include me. I'm cooler than all those people. I just wanted to say that early here True in the story. show. True story. I mean, honestly, why is it that, and I've said this to you before, Carver High, why is it, and, and I want to know, uh, seriously, that how many days in a row do I have to hear about deals being done until I believe they're done? Like right. the Mookie Betts deal, how many times did they report that? Yes. The, the Philip Rivers deal that he was leaving the Chargers, how many times do I have to hear that before I believe it? Right. Uh, and then Before uh, it becomes actually and then official. Ron Renneke, did I well, not yeah, do well, this with you we, last we, week? We did this on Friday, and, here, and here's where this is like a little bit different. And I get it. We kind of said on Friday the Boston Globe reported that he was going to be the next Red Sox manager. So one report but, is the pre-report. The other one's the official but, report. But here's the thing. He's not being named the full manager. In, it says today he's going to be named the interim right. manager. So there's a difference there. It's not like he's getting the job. It's, it's like Basically, it's like this. Trial. It's, it's, well, not only is it trial, it's also the players are reporting to spring training tomorrow and you don't have a manager. So whether you want this guy to be the manager or not, somebody has to run the show tomorrow when everybody shows up. So they're making him the interim manager, Scotty. So he doesn't have the full job right now. Do you think, what they say. Do you think that it'll be seriously a disaster in uh, – I don't care about spring training. What a waste of time that is. Let me tell you what I do at spring training just so we're clear here. Uh, I drink beer and I get uh, a tan. I sit in the outfield in spring training games with my boy Ozzy. There's nothing like spring training. <laughs> with my boy Ozzy, the sports junkie. I've sat with him and we catch foul balls and we get hammered and everyone smokes bowls. And no one cares about the game at all. You try to pick up chicks. I don't care about spring training. Do you think that Renicky is doomed as the Red Sox interim manager, that I, they're going to have a, a bad season? I think he's doomed from the start and the fact that he's the interim manager. If, they, if he had any kind of chance, they would just name the manager. They don't right? believe in him. Obviously, that's why he's the interim manager. So he's not even getting the job. I, I mean, I'm sure if they start good, you know, they'll do the whole, 
well, we've decided that Ron's right. really good for our ball club, and, and we're going to make him the manager. Uh, it's just it's really weird that they're doing the interim thing. You can't tell rush. me that leaving uh, you know, bets off the table and putting Verdugo in there is going to pay off for them. You cannot well, tell me that look. the players that they got, the prospects that they got, that are the Dodgers are going to reap. They're going to reap the rewards of this deal. You can't even deny it. Like, no. how could you bet on or believe in the Red Sox this summer unless this it's a, a, salary a miracle? It's just a salary dump. That's all that it is. It's a salary dump. They don't want to pay bets. Uh, what, what he's going to get. And they don't, you know, obviously getting rid of the price contract was huge too, but this is all that this is. This is the Red Sox essentially, as we said last week, they are giving up on the 2020 baseball season. We're sorry, Boston uh, Red Sox fans. But why didn't don't, the don't Nationals do it with Rendon? They, they let him play for a year knowing that he could leave and they didn't do anything. They didn't deal him at the deadline. They didn't do anything. Their plan worked and they got a ring out of it. Why Some, would Boston not keep him? I mean, I guess, look, for the Nationals, how could you... You know, fold up shop. I mean, you every year you're in the blood. You never win. I guess they felt their team was good enough that they had to take a shot, and it ended up paying off for them. The Red Sox have won a couple of titles. Uh, for me, though, it's it's just if you're a Red Sox fan, this is just a total slap in the face uh, with the money you pay to go to that ballpark. Right. I'm not crying for him, believe me. How badly but, did the Yankees beat them uh, last year with bets? They they kicked their ass, didn't they? Yeah, last year the Yankees had the better of them. And, the, you know, the year or two before that, the Red Sox did. So it's gone kind of back and forth the last couple of Never years. Again. Never again. Never again. Not anymore. There'll, not be anymore. No more, there'll be no more Red Sox. Uh, getting the better of anyone in, well, in well, the East. If this if this new uh, playoff format potentially comes around, the Yankees might be able to pick if they play the Red Sox in the playoffs, right? Did you like that whole uh, scam that they're potentially oh, going to do please. with the playoff format? <laughs> Honestly, I, the, my favorite thing of the whole thing was uh, Trevor Bauer calling uh, Manfred a joke, basically right to his face. Yeah. And there's nothing he can do, but what's he going to do? Fine him? Uh, he, he literally shredded him. You can see it right there. In the end, he says, you're a joke. And you can get away with that when you make the kind of money that he makes. Like, I mean, what are they going to do? Give him a fine? Give him and slap him on the wrist? Uh, you know, is Manfred that thin-skinned that he has to, what, suspend him yep. for saying something bad about him? I don't think people respect him to begin with. I told you yesterday, I lost all respect for this guy. Uh, you know, before, prior to this, I respected him. Fair enough. But now, with not because of the playoff adding teams, I don't respect him for the candy-ass job he did on the Astros and Red Sox scandals. I mean, that was pathetic. I don't care what anybody says. The fact that, uh, you know, they find him, slap on the wrist, and then, you know, the Astros were the ones that fired the GM and the manager. And the Red Sox were the ones that fired the manager. And the Mets were the ones that fired the manager. Manfred had nothing to do with that. So uh, it's unbelievable to me. He's a loser. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day. Here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Mm. 
Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, Pharrell Coast to Coast with you. I'm excited to have Mark Ratner on. He's the Senior VP of Regulatory Affairs for the UFC. Uh, Huge fight fan, brilliant career in boxing. Uh, Everyone in Vegas knows Mark Ratner. He's one of the coolest people I've ever met in sports. Uh, I worked with him in boxing for several years. I couldn't be happier for him when he took over uh, and started working with the UFC in charge of all their business. Uh, and big, you know, everything that goes on with the fights everywhere, Mark's in charge of it. And uh, it's great to have him on Coast to Coast. Mark, I never uh, thought you'd probably see me doing TV with you, right? You've done radio with me so many times. Can you believe this? They got me on TV now. Oh, I'm real, real happy for you. And uh, before we start, for old time's sake, I want you to pour me a goose and tonic just to get ready. Can we get him a goose and tonic, Mafia? This is unbelievable. He wants me to open up the Ferrella pub and get a beverage going. I like that. Hey, so, Mark, let me ask you. How has okay. uh, your love affair of, of fights, you know, and fighting and boxing uh, transcended into the UFC? Because I love it as much as you do. Uh, I love the mixed martial arts. I think it's fabulous. You've, uh, you know, seen me at a million fights. You've got me into a million fights. I've done a lot of work with the UFC over the years. I've had tons of the fighters on the show over the years. How has it been for you as a transition from boxing into that world? Do you love it? I do love it, and it's almost 14 years already. I'm still a big boxing fan. I look at it like in in my life. I have uh, two kids, and and I say the older kid is boxing, the younger kid is MMA, and you can love them both. People who tell me they only can love one or another are crazy. You can love them both. I agree, because uh, I love them both, and I still see you at, at fights. You still love going to the uh, big fights in Vegas and, and, and elsewhere, don't you? I mean, I see you there. You must like it still. Absolutely. I'll be at the Fury fight uh, February 22nd. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that fight immensely. It should be a lot of fun. I know Dana loves boxing. Uh, he's getting involved uh, with boxing again. He had a boxing background in Boston, didn't he? Yes, um, we were talking. To, we're, we have been talking about Zufa boxing. It's not quite ready, uh, but it's percolating there. And uh, I think someday we'll, we will get involved. I'm not sure to what extent or how we're going to do it, but uh, yeah, he is interested. Mark Radner with us on Coast to Coast. Mark, what happened in uh, 247 with, let's just get down to it, the judges? Everyone was up in arms about it. Dana, everyone, Joe Rogan, the announcers, the fans, the media. How did you guys handle that mess? Well, it, uh, there were some controversial fights. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, that happens every once in a while. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things I kept on hearing was one of the judges was looking at the floor. Well, in front of each judge, there's a TV monitor that's showing the fight. So if they're looking down, that's what they're looking at. Uh, I thought that the Jones fight was a close fight. I had it um, the first two rounds for Dominic, the last two rounds for John Jones, and the third round I got to watch again. And, and that's the closest round, in my opinion, and that decided the fight. 
So you, when it happened initially and the fight was over and everyone was freaking out, you were calmer about it, I'm assuming, and, and thought that everything was normal and that uh, perhaps that Jones had won the fight. Did you think that at all? Well, what I um, when I heard the scores, I don't. I, I heard the scores like everybody else, and one judge had it four to one for Jones, which was uh, which I think was too wide. I thought it was a close fight, and uh, I don't subscribe to the theory that the champion should get the close rounds. I think each round's individual, and whoever the judges uh, think who won that round, uh, that's the way they judge it. But it, it was a close fight, and I believe three to two either way would have been fine. So do you uh, – the news about Kansas, uh, can you explain it to fans all over North America here on Coast to Coast what that is about? Uh, do you know enough about it? I mean, I don't know enough about it. Can you explain it to us in any capacity at all what they're uh, trying to do with uh, the scoring system? I talked to them a little bit yesterday. Uh, I showed them how it didn't work in boxing, how when a, a fighter knew after seven rounds that he was winning the fight 6-1 to one or 7-0, oh, that he didn't fight the last three rounds. We don't want that. Now, we're only talking about three rounds in MMA. Uh, I'm not sure how they would do it. What I don't want it to happen is influence the way the judges are watching and one judge has it 2-0 for one guy, and the other judge has it 1-1 one, one or 0-2. And, and then one of the judges will say, well, maybe I'm looking at it wrong. And it, it may uh, influence the way they're watching the fight. Uh, I am concerned about that. I'm concerned about uh, how the audience would be reacting and uh, how it could affect the judges. So uh, I'm, I'm glad they're experimenting. I want to I watch it, but it didn't work in boxing. Mark uh, Radner with us uh, from the UFC. I have to ask you, like, you've been around the sport forever, both boxing and UFC, as we mentioned. Have you struggled at all in your jobs running these commissions of uh, the judging through the years? Has it been a problem from, you know, uh, a fan standpoint and a business standpoint for you know, everything involved with the sports. Has it been an issue that's kind of been a pain in your tuchus, is what I mean in Portuguese? Uh, I understand that language. Uh, <laughs> you're dealing with with, with 30 different uh, or 50 different commissions, and every commission believes that some of their local people are pretty good officials and that they can handle the UFC. And maybe they've they've been judging in front of twenty five hundred people or three thousand. All of a sudden, the UFC comes to town and there's fifteen thousand people there, and maybe they're not quite as good as uh, as the the local or the state commission thought they were. And that's a problem for me. It goes. Uh, it, sometimes it works out good for for the local official, but uh, then sometimes it doesn't, and the controversy does fall in my lap. And uh, we d we're having a meeting with the Texas Commission telephonically, uh, probably Friday morning. So uh, we're going to make it better there and uh, learn from it. How has the relationship been uh, for you guys uh, with ESPN? I would think it's gigantic. I mean, you did the Fox deal, and now you've jumped to a, an even higher level, in my estimation. Uh, how's that uh, reaping rewards? Is it uh, something that you guys are really stoked about? Absolutely uh, thrilled with our relationship with ESPN. For the Connor fight, you couldn't turn on any of their, of their shows, whether it was First Take or whether it was uh, Get Up. They're all talking about UFC, talking about uh, bringing fighters on. And uh, it was a, it's a wonderful marriage. And all I can see is positives out of it. Uh, uh, we're thrilled with them. What do you think of uh, like Sports Grid and the and the sports betting landscape of national television shows like this one, where fans are getting a chance to not only uh, get involved in sports betting, but it's a huge factor in the UFC as well. There's tons of action placed on these fights now in Vegas and in New Jersey. Whenever there's a huge card, I think it's great for the sport, don't you? No, absolutely. I've been a proponent of. Uh 
gambling or sports betting around the country. Um, I've actually testified uh, for that. Uh, and and whatever people think, it's made even the the Nevada sports books even busier. And and it's been great. The handle for the Super Bowl was was very big. And I, th- I think it's going to keep growing. I'll be uh, not surprised if it's not uh, legal for sports betting in every state uh, in the next 10 years. I believe that UFC Fight Night, February 15th in uh, Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Uh, also has uh, Corey Anderson on that card, Diego Sanchez uh, fighting Mike Pereira. And then February 22nd, Fight Night in Auckland, New Zealand. That's awesome. Paul Felder and Dan Hooker there, February 29th in Norfolk. Joey Benavidez, he's a badass. Uh, he's fighting. And then March 7th, Mark, uh, the UFC 248 in Vegas. I love watching Adesanya fight against Yoel Romero. That's going to be a huge ticket at the T-Mobile. I want to ask you about that fight card, and then I want to ask you about Brooklyn. What would you think of uh, the one coming up in Vegas? Uh, Tremendous card. Uh, Nobody likes to fight Yoel. He is as tough as they come, and Israel's looking forward to it. So uh, that's a big, big night. And... and, uh, uh, I'll be at Rio Rancho um, on Friday for, for the Albuquerque fights. I try to go to as many as I can uh, if it doesn't interfere with everything, but uh, I'll be there. And uh, you mentioned Brooklyn, huge, huge card. It's almost all sold out already, which is really amazing to me. It's not even until April. So uh, uh, it's, it's, it's just a great time to be an MMA fan as well as a UFC fan. I'm just glad you're saving me a couple of ducats uh, for Mafia and I to go to the fights in Brooklyn to see your boy Habib fight. What a monster he is, Mark. He is a monster. He is uh, uh, certainly one of the pound-for-pound best fighters in the world, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that night, too, and I think it's uh, going to be a great fight. Now, Habib, he's a real guy. He's a real fighter. Uh, listen, uh, pleasure as always, Mark. Uh, thank you for coming on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. Uh, and good luck with all the upcoming fights, especially uh, 248 in Vegas. Have fun in uh, Albuquerque. We'll see you in Brooklyn at the Barclays for 249. Thanks for coming on today. I love you. Say hi to Dana White for us and uh, continued success, my friend. You too. And thanks a lot. I'm delighted to be on here. Thanks. There he is. Get him another drink, Mafia, before he leaves. This is unbelievable. Uh, I'm looking forward to that fight. Mafia uh, loves going to the UFC events, and he also likes kicking me in the face. Carver High, as you know, he's, been, he's been known to just, uh, like, out of nowhere. Just Sometimes you sometimes you need that every once in a while. You need that to happen to you, and he's there to do that. <laughs> a little, <laughs> little wake-up call from Mafia. It's coast-to-coast for Raul, Carver High, and Mafia. Shake out a Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Let me ask you a question. Uh, back in the uh, Studio 34, it's a lot like Studio 54 without the uh, cocaine. Um, so uh, what did you think of what Radner said about uh, the judging and the controversy? Now, Joe Rogan, when he was calling the fight, I heard that he said, and you, you were watching and everything, I was too busy uh, being as pretty as a girl. I uh, want to know that he was like accusing one of the judges of like not watching the fight. And then you heard Radner said that they were looking down at a TV monitor trying to, it would appear to me, deflect that conversation and not admit that some ref wasn't watching the fight. Yeah, both him and Dominic Cruz were allegedly looking at one of the refs during the uh, the strawway fight in the, the women's broadcast earlier on between Andrea Lee and Lauren Murphy. And saying that the judge wasn't looking, he like they, 
you know, heard Ratner say there's allegedly a TV there, but I mean, they were staring at the guy and flat out saying there was a couple of seconds of silence in the broadcast, and they're like, "I'm watching this guy, and he's not looking at the fight." So of course they're you know playing the you know the the nice card here and trying to deflect that and not ruin the relationship they have with the commission because you want to come back to these big cities that they have there and put on these big cards like they did at Houston. But there's definitely something in MMA judging that has to be fixed. There has been for a long time, and boxing judging as well. Like fight judging in general has been under the microscope for a number of years with a number of bad decisions, and they just haven't changed things. So either they got to start scrapping it and going to a different system that works better, that people are more happy with, or you know just figure out how to get judges that know what they're doing and train them better to look for what they're really looking, supposed to be looking for because they're missing something. Do you remember the chick that took all the heat in Vegas? You remember the woman uh, judge that everybody Adelita just Bird. absolutely yeah, – sh- Oh, my God. That was sh- the Canelo Triple G fight, right? Was that that fight? It was, and then she oh, was on a UFC card later on. It was terrible. Right. She was, she's was. she been bad all over the place. No offense to her, but uh, I'm not nice. So, And what do you think of uh, – <laughs> I just threw her under the bus. Well, she's the one that said Canelo won that first fight, which we all know Triple G won the fight, right? right? And she said Canelo won the fight. So do you think uh, that Adesanya – because I've heard him uh, – Mafia, I love his uh, fight, but do you think obviously this Romero's no joke? And then he has said, I've seen him in an interview recently say that he wants to fight John Jones next, and he wants to beat Romero and then fight John Jones. And then Jones said, "Be careful what you wish for, kid." And this guy said, "Listen, these guys are—he's great, he's incredible, he's amazing, but look what I've done in two years. I'm better." I'm going to beat him. I'm the only one that can beat him. Do you buy any of that? Well, of course he's going to say that. All these guys now, it's not just enough to run their division. If you want to be the next megastar, the next superstar, you want to make the big bucks, you have to go up divisions, you have to battle other guys, you know, to get the bigger fights. So that's what they're all aiming at now. You've seen Connor do it. You've seen other guys do it. And now a guy like Adesanya, who's you know kicked butt in that division, is looking to do that too. I mean, he can't look past Romero, though. Romero... Like Radner said, he's a dangerous dude. He's a vicious dude. He's a guy a lot of people don't want to fight because of how hard he hits. If you could drag him into the later rounds and keep your distance and you know get your strikes, get your points, but not let him really get close to you and hit you with those heavy haymakers, then maybe he gets a little tired later on. You could put him down. But it's going to be a tough fight, so he definitely can't look past that. And if he gets to Jones, we'll see. I mean, the guy is at the top of his game right now. He's incredible out of Sanya. And John Jones, you know, some people think he may be slipping with the way that We've seen Reyes get at him now. You know, Santos gave him a good fight last year. Back in the day, it was Gustafson who gave him a tough fight. These long strikers that can keep their distance and counter-strike him and not have to rush in and, and eat his shots in order to get their points. They've had some decent success against him, and maybe Asani is the first one to get the win. Well, let me ask you lastly, Mafia, about uh, the Habib fight with Ferguson in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, how do you think that's going to go, and uh, do you think that you can handle spending five hours with me in Brooklyn? <laughs> I think that's going to be an interesting fight because – Oh, I definitely could spend five hours with you. I spent whole weekends with you. I mean, trips to Vegas. I spent whole weeks with you in Vegas, you know, doing things down at the D, so I think I could take a couple hours going to Brooklyn. The travel might be a little bit of a pain in the ass because you really complain about anything that takes more than 20 minutes to get somewhere. But other than that – it's well, going to be an awesome look card. Look on the bright side. Look on the bright side. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now look on the bright side. I am very cool and liberal with money. So I don't want to hear it. I spend money. Like if, if there's no one you've ever known that buys you more steaks and more good food than me. I'm constantly, as you know, interested in stuffing our faces with really good breakfasts and really good dinners. And so traveling with me, if all you have to do is put up with me complaining about people that are uh, disgusting, sneezing and, and coughing on me and that are fat and rubbing against me and bothering me and I want to punch them in the face. If all you have to do is put up with that and then you get a big fat steak out of it, like at Andiamo or at Stack, I'd say that's an easy price to pay, Mafia. I never said you're cheap. I just said you complain a lot. I'm okay with that as long as you buy me a steak. We go to Peter Luger's or something in Brooklyn before the fights. But as far as that fight, I mean, Ferguson's a great boxer, and that's going to be the thing for him. It's going to be, can he keep it on the feet? Because if Khabib gets his hands on him, we know what's going to happen. We saw it with Connor. We've seen it with other guys. We've seen it with Poirier. He's going to drag you to the ground and just abuse you. 
So Ferguson has to really work on that takedown defense for that fight because he needs to keep it on the feet standing so that he can utilize his boxing. Otherwise, he's going into deep waters where he's not going to come out of. All right, so uh, Mafia, uh, he already knows this, but I'm going to break his story right now. Hey, uh, Rigatoni, are you ready? I'm going to break his story right now. First time ever. First time ever, folks. This is happening tonight. It will happen tonight. There'll be a, a full scale investigation i'm dropping this for the first time ever carver high i have to look over at him because it's so unbelievable 34 c will make her first appearance ever ever on a radio show or television show 34 c who wants nothing to do with any of you hooligans or microphones or television cameras or radio mics or or radio shows or she remembers me when I was filthy and repulsive and disgusting and awesome on Howard Stern and on Howard 101. She wouldn't go on there either. She thought I was a porn star and then she thought I was sleeping with porn stars. I got accused of that too. She has never once ever, Carver High, gone on the show. She is on tonight's Pharrell on the Bench podcast with a, a segment and it is awesome. And I honestly think that uh, when I interviewed her, she was afraid of the mic as though it were a male organ uh, in front of her face. She was running from the microphone. And I have, I have it all for you tonight, Carver High. 34C right, making well, her first appearance. Well, I got to ask you, obviously this is groundbreaking stuff, <laughs> but um, what exactly did you talk to her about? Because it had to be you calling her 34C, because if that's the kind of content that people are looking for, her thoughts <laughs> On being called 34C. No. no? No. The content was about, and Mafia knows this, it was about Lori Laughlin, the woman that tried Aunt, to Aunt sneak. Becky? <laughs> yeah. Aunt Becky? That, that's what you talked to her about? We are going after the woman that snuck her daughters into USC saying that they were rowing champions with her fake resumes and her fake videos of her daughters riding on a canoe (laughs) and she is facing jail time like Felicity Huffman. So I have had enough and I am going after Lori Laughlin, the perfect mother, the movie star, the television star, the sitcom star, the perfect face, the perfect hair, the perfect lips, the perfect children, the perfect rich designer husband, as you know, the Italian husband. She's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and she has to sneak her little snot-nosed kids into USC. So I will attack her and ruin her life till no end, and I will do it with the guidance and assistance of 34C. Of course, the only thing you get her in on is celebrity gossip. Yes, it is true that I only got her in on celebrity gossip, but it worked. Mafia, what did you think when you heard 34C on the podcast? I was shocked that she was involved. I've been there where she's been in studio and, like, hides in the corner refusing to come on the show. So I was very shocked when I heard her voice on microphone. And I actually saved it to be the last segment that I edit tonight so I could fully enjoy it after the shows are over. And I love how you called it a canoe, like they're going to summer camp instead of a crow rowing boat. <laughs> but I know, but it was a, listen, they actually, listen to this, they actually did a photo shoot it's true. They did. They did a photo shoot sitting in a canoe and not on a crew boat or whatever you call it. And uh, that's all I know. And then it, the story gets better and better. You got to listen to the podcast tonight. Uh, we tried to get Hot Nicole on the podcast last week, but she had the Hanta virus and she refused to come on the show by hanging up on me. I called the house. Carver High, I said, can I get Hot Nicole to go on the podcast? And all I heard was, hang up. She hung up the phone. Yep, that's about all you're going to get out of her, that's for sure. That's it. It hasn't been feeling well, so no podcast for her. There you go. Uh, Now I've decided, since I've ruined the segment, uh, Carver High is very upset. He said we wasted an entire segment talking about rowing and canoes instead of uh, the NBA. That's well, okay, because we could do the NBA in the next segment, because what we were going to do is probably going to only take you one minute. Right. You don't really think that Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback, right? No. Guy who threw six passes this year for the Saints. You don't really think that he's a franchise quarterback, right? I think he's a white version of Brad Smith. I think that he's good at what he does, and he should just keep doing that. 
All right? Right. Just I agree with you. Keep doing what you're doing. All right? I, that's, that's I it. agree. There is no way that guy's a franchise quarterback for anybody, the Saints or otherwise. He's in the perfect job right now. They need Drew Brees to come back for one more season because he's got more game in him, and you know it, than A, Rivers, and B, Eli, who retired, and C, I think Brees still has more game than Tom Brady. Uh, it's Coast to Coast for Al Carver High and Mavi and the boys. Go with us from the FanDuel Sportsbook in the Meadowlands. They're running horses in the mud at parks. I love it. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Rigatoni just told me that uh, Rico Suave, a.k.a. Rigatoni, um, just told me. Uh, he also says on weekends he likes being called Linguini, but that's just a weekend thing. Anyway, uh, also 34C today took uh, Kathy O, legendary Jameson sipping, potato chip eating, Belfast kneecapping mother to get a new car. Carver High. She got a new car today. How about that? Traded in her old car. She's still rocking it. Like, uh, I think she's like 45 years old, her mother, even though my wife is as old as me. Her mother's actually younger than us. Somehow, inexplicably, she's lost 40 or 50 years in there somehow. That happens. She's driving a hot rod sports car around town, picking up young men and having relations with them. Mavi, do you remember when she went with us to um, California at the casino at Fantasy Springs and tried to sleep with our boss, who was uh, 50 years younger than her? I do remember that. I remember even more so when she came to Vegas and decided to tell him that everything on the network besides us sucked. <laughs> that did not go well. Carver High's ready to do the NBA tonight. He's very excited. There's uh, five games, and he gets very emotional. Uh, last night we hit some big games, uh, Carver High. Tonight uh, there's some dangerous games like this one. Chicago and Washington playing in our nation's capital, and both teams stink. What do you think of that matchup? Yeah, it's, that's going to be a tough one to watch. There's no question about that. Two of the worst teams in the NBA going to be playing tonight. I'm actually already looking at a prop for this game. I can't really pick a team to win, but your boy, Thaddeus Young, going to get involved tonight. Over 13 and a half points for the Bulls tonight. That's where I'm going, believe Who? it or not. Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus oh, Young. Over 13 and a half. He had 18 against him last time. He's gone over Is that, that like number Malachi and six. Jediriah? Hey, that's where I'm going tonight. All right, Thaddeus who names their kid Thaddeus? Honestly, there's got to be something going on there. Uh, listen, uh, Bulls and the two and a half. It went to three. I'll grab it at three. I think the Wizards are awful. Besides Bradley Beal, they have absolutely nothing. And if it comes down to it, I'm going to go Levine, Marketing, and you know Dunn and company. I, I'm going to go Bulls. I'm not feeling real good about it, though. It was uh, my fifth play of five games on PharrellOnTheBench.com. Everybody's doing it. They just won't admit it. Uh, my website is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and everyone everywhere uh, loves it because all I do is make people money. And remember, hide the money from your wife. My number one play tonight is that uh, Pharrelladelphia game, Clippers-Sixers. Are you willing to bet on the Sixers tonight, Carver High, based on their record of whatever it is, 24-2 in their building? Yeah, I am. I like the Sixers tonight. Uh, Clippers are coming in. So do I. Sixers do, for the most part, play better against the better teams. So uh, they don't get up for the bad teams. They don't get up on the road. But when they're at home against good teams, they usually play pretty well. Getting a point and a half with them at home. I like the Sixers tonight. You know, originally it came out uh, when I saw it last night when I was doing it. It was a straight pick em. And then it, it, you know, was one, then one and a half Clippers favored. 
You can get two at a lot of houses. You can get two points right now, Carver High, at a lot of houses. I'm going to grab the two and think, you know, JoJo and Simmons can do their thing, Scott and company, uh, and Harris at home. I like them at home. I think the Clippers are a dangerous team. I've said that a million times. They're the team that can beat the Lakers. They're in their heads. They got rental space, a penthouse in their head. They beat them twice. Houston has now beat the Lakers. A lot of talk about the Lakers tonight on the Pharrell on the Bench pod about how everyone's already crowned them. Does it bother you, Carver High, that people are crowning the Lakers in early February? A little bit. I think it's too early. They've been kind of inconsistent, especially the past couple of weeks. I know that they whacked the Suns last night, but let's be honest, um, they're the Suns. So it is what it is. I I still need to see them, Scotty, in some bigger spots. You know, they've had trouble with the Clippers this year. You saw the Rockets beat them last week. I, I still need to see them get some bigger games underneath their belt, especially a couple on the road. Before I say they're this lock to go to the West Finals or the NBA Finals or anything like that, I think you need to see a little bit more. I think they get to the Western Finals at the very least, and I think that uh, obviously the big question is, and I talk about this on the pod, is the East. There's so many teams. No one wants to respect the East at all ever, but there's so many teams that are tough. You know, the Bucks and the Raptors and the Celtics uh, and the Heat, in my opinion, are all very tough, Carver. I, I think that if I were to say right now, I believe that the Bucks could actually uh, – you know, beat the Raptors, and I think the Bucks can beat the Lakers. I think the Bucks actually, in my view, I know this sounds crazy, I think they have more depth. I like them better defensively. I like LeBron. I like AD. I'm cool with them. Uh, but the rest of them, the Rondos and Carusos and, uh, you know, the – you know, Bradley, and, and I, I just think the rest of that team, you know, Green. Do you remember when Green was in the finals with the Raptors? Yeah. Couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Just kept chucking. He, he hits threes when they don't matter. Right. And, and then in a regular season when it doesn't matter, when it's crunch time, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. So I'm like, uh, I don't like their uh, depth, uh, in all honesty. Well, I do like their size. I do like Dwight Howard. I do like McGee. Uh, their size. But neither one of those, I, I mean, Dwight Howard will score more points than McGee every day of the week, six ways till Sunday. Right. But in the playoffs at the end of the season, from the second week of April on, you're telling me that he's going to have tons left in the tank for the battles that they're going to have every night in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I'm not too sure about that. And the one thing that everybody is going to be racing to do right now is you got to have enough bigs to kind of do what the Raptors did last year to beat Giannis and beat the Bucks, because I think you saw in that East Finals last year that if you can kind of smother Giannis and, and just kind of get a bunch of bigs around him and, and you know, kind of just choke him out from that Buck offense and not, not, not let him do his thing, that they are beatable in that spot. Now, I don't know how many teams, Scotty, have the kind of big bodies that can do that. Last year, Toronto was able to roll you a whole bunch of different guys, whether it be Kawhi, Siakam, et cetera, et cetera. Now, do you think that Toronto right now, they've run 15 in a row, they're clearly a lot better than people thought they were going to be. Do they have enough right now to slow down Milwaukee? Now, I know Milwaukee didn't have them last night, and they still whacked the Kings, but that's the Kings. Can that group get it done when Giannis maybe isn't having a big night? Because you saw that in these finals last year. When he got kind of shut down, Toronto was able to win that series. Yeah, I think the Lopez brothers have to do more. Middleton has to do more. And I don't think they're capable of that. Ilyasova, you can't count on him. And I like Bledsoe a lot. Korver, Connaughton, they are, and Brown, they are deep. And they play, and I like their defense, and I like their coach. Uh, and I, you know, Budenholzer, and, and I really think that they're, you know, well-groomed and ready. They've gone to that level. They've gone to the – they need to take the next step. Right. But the difference is, is that Toronto already took that step. And I think Van Vliet was great in the finals, great in the playoffs, and now he's better than ever. So uh, I think that team has surprisingly uh, shocked the world that they're as good as they are off of the championship without Kawhi Leonard. So, yes, Toronto can beat them. I'm not buying right now that they will – I'd still bet on uh, the Bucks in that series, although that's a dangerous bet to make because Toronto means business. And the Celtics, I love them defensively. I like Stevens. I like Smart. I like their scoring. Three-headed monster. You get uh, Tatum. 
you know, Brown scoring and, uh, you know, Hayward scoring. They have so many guys that are putting it in the hole. I like their, I like their game. And, and Kemba Walker's a freak at the uh, perimeter and, you know, on the wings and scoring and getting the ball to the right people. I think he's better than Kawhi. Kawhi is, as usual, sitting, as usual, injured, as usual, missing large chunks. That guy, you can't, you know what? I count on my mailman way more than I do Kyrie Irving. I got to tell you, it makes me sick to my stomach. Let me ask you the rest of these games uh, tonight. So we got Philly in there, Clippers. Portland and New Orleans on Bourbon Street, and uh, the Pelicans are laying three, Zion and company. They are definitely a better team with Zion, Carver High, but they don't win. Right. Yeah, that, that's the problem. They don't win. Uh, and they're, I think they will tonight. And, and I like Portland. They come in, Dame gets hot, anything can happen with them, but I actually like the Pelicans tonight, and I like Zion with the over 20 and a half. I think he's going to be up for the game tonight at home. And I'm looking for him to get 21 or more. Tonight. Wasn't uh, like Zion and Ingram missed the last game with the ankles. Are they good to go tonight? I, Zion is playing tonight. All right. Well, they're going to need both of them to have good games because the way Dame's been playing lately, anything's possible with the Blazers to win that game on the road. I like the Pels, though, in that situation. Oak City at home against the Spurs. I like Oak City, but that number is gigantic. I got it at 6.5. It's now at 8.5. You can get it at 9. I don't believe they're beating the Spurs by nine. Yeah, look, I'm not ready. As, as good of a year that Oklahoma City's had, and, and it's been fun, and, and I'm not sure if it's not going to sputter out here in the last two months of the season, but I'm not ready for them to lay any kind of points like that, especially with right now it's gotten up to eight and a half. I'm just not ready to go there. It was like last week. What, they have the Pistons come in, and it was like 12 or 13? I'm just not there right now with the Thunder. Even though they've had a nice season, I'm not laying that kind of points with them. And then I think the best game of the night is in uh, the Toyota Center again after we saw Bogdanovich with the dagger 35-footer to beat the Rockets on uh, whatever, Sunday night. Now I'm uh, seeing... Houston against Boston, and Houston can't afford to lose another game in their building like they did on Sunday night. Do you think they can beat the uh, red-hot Celtics who've won seven in a row? I love the way Boston's playing. I think this game's going to be awesome tonight. Houston laying two, Carver High. Yeah, I actually I like the Celtics tonight. Whoa! Yeah, I do. I like them a Whoa. lot. And you know me, Scotty. I like trying that FanDuel Super Boost every right. night. I, I've kind of missed on it the last few Tonight, it's Tatum to score 25-plus, and the Celtics win plus 550. What do you think of that tonight for a little super boost here all right, at the so, FanDuel? All right, so what's the bet again? It's the super boost with uh, plus 550. Uh, Tatum to score 25 And plus, then Celtics to win. And the Celtics have to win plus 550. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, very oniony. I'm going to dip my toe in. I, I like it. I'm I like try it. it. I, like, I like the Celtics to win. I might as well give it a shot. I like the stones. You got, you got big stones, son. Uh, so anyway, when we come back, Joe Ranieri will join us. We love Joe. He's crazy. And then we're going to talk about all the great college basketball tonight in NHL. There's tons of games. We are going to whet your appetite today because Coast to Coast is rocking. We're going to hit tons of bets and make you fat stacks, baby. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. 